The Alternative Smoke-Free 2030 Plan, an IEA briefing paper by Christopher Snowden. The full version of this paper, including references and a bibliography, is available on the research page of the IEA's website at iea.org.uk. Smoke-Free 2030 and the Khan Review During the last days of the Theresa May administration, in July 2019, the government issued a green paper pledging to make England smoke-free by 2030. Smoke-free is defined as having fewer than 5% of the adult population smoking, down from 14% in 2019. In 2022, Dr Javid Khan, the former CEO of Barnardo's, was commissioned by the Department of Health to develop some policies to achieve this target. In the event, he concluded that the target was insufficient and issued a set of proposals aimed at eradicating all tobacco use by 2040. Published in June 2022, his report took the tax and ban approach to tobacco control to ludicrous extremes. His recommendations included the idea of painting all cigarettes green or brown, raising the age at which tobacco can be purchased by one year every year, quote, until no one can buy a tobacco product, unquote, banning smoking outdoors, putting health warnings on individual cigarettes, banning the depiction of tobacco use on television before 9pm, and immediately raising tobacco taxes by more than 30%, so a pack of cigarettes costs around £20. Although Khan's review was titled Making Smoking Obsolete, his policy proposals focused almost entirely on supply-side interventions, designed to make smoking as unappealing, expensive and inconvenient as possible. This misunderstands the nature of obsolescence. Popular products generally only become obsolete when a better alternative comes along. Cars made the horse and cart obsolete, DVDs made VHS obsolete, and streaming services made DVDs obsolete. Old technology is made obsolete by new technology, serving the same purpose in a cheaper and better way. Cannabis and heroin have never become obsolete, despite being subject to even tougher laws than Khan envisages. So long as demand exists, neo-prohibitionist policies will result in endemic black market activity, crime and secondary poverty, without coming close to eradicating smoking. Only 53% of British smokers say they want to quit, and the real figure is likely to be lower since findings from surveys tend to be inflated by social desirability bias. But even if every smoker who said they wanted to quit succeeded in doing so, the smoking rate would be 7%, above the government's target for 2030. It is well known that smokers find it hard to quit, even when they are motivated to do so. The government's target not only requires all smokers who want to quit to do so, but also requires many smokers who have no intention of quitting to change their mind. It is a big ask, and increasingly absurd regulations are simply not up to the job. The Alternative Smoke-Free 2030 Plan If cigarettes become obsolete in the coming decade, 
It will not be because they have been prohibited, but because nicotine users will have found better alternatives. Many of these alternatives already exist and only require sensible regulation and informed consumers for them to flourish. The UK's relatively liberal approach to vaping has already produced impressive results. In Britain, where 8.3% of adults now vape, the smoking rate dropped by more than a quarter between 2012 and 2019, from 20% to 14%. Whereas in the EU, where only 2% of adults vape, smoking prevalence fell by just one percentage point between 2014 and 2020, to 23%. The UK now has a lower smoking rate than any EU country apart from Sweden, where another reduced-risk nicotine product, SNUS, has acted as an effective substitute for cigarettes. Although scare stories continue to appear in the media, no serious acute risks from vaping have been identified. And the Royal College of Physicians has concluded that the long-term risks are, quote, unlikely to exceed 5% of the harm from smoking tobacco, close quote. There is very little evidence to support the theory that vaping acts as a gateway to smoking. Only 0.4% of people who have never smoked currently vape. The British Medical Association has admitted that its earlier concerns about vaping renormalizing smoking have not materialized. Vaping is not the only safer alternative to heated tobacco products such as IQOS and Glow pose less risks to health because they do not involve combustion. Snus, a smokeless tobacco product that originated in Scandinavia, is safer still and does not cause any form of cancer. Nicotine pouches, which resemble SNUS, are newer products, but are assumed to be virtually risk-free since they contain no tobacco and consist mainly of cellulose. The UK has made impressive progress with tobacco harm reduction, but more could be done. As of 2022, 28% of smokers have never even tried an e-cigarette, but the majority of those who have tried them have not become long-term users. We present below 12 simple, low-cost policies that could be introduced to reduce the smoking rate by getting smokers to switch to safer products. Information. Consumer ignorance is a major barrier to the consumption of low-risk nicotine products. Myths about vaping, causing popcorn lung and other diseases, have proliferated on social media. Scare stories regularly appear in the press. As a result, a report from Public Health England concluded in 2021 that, quote, perceptions of the harm caused by vaping compared with smoking are increasingly out of line with the evidence, unquote. Four out of 10 smokers in England wrongly believe that nicotine causes cancer and the proportion of smokers who wrongly believe that vaping is as dangerous or more dangerous than smoking rose from 36% in 2014 to 53% in 2020. This represents a woeful failure of public health messaging, which can be corrected in two ways. One, challenge misinformation. Public Health England's reports on vaping were a valuable resource cited around the world, 
Public Health England closed in 2021 and its responsibilities for health education have been passed to the Office for Health Improvement and Disparities. The government should ensure that the OHID continues to publish these reports, which are written by external academics, and launch a campaign to challenge the misinformation about nicotine and reduced risk nicotine products. It should work with the British Medical Association and the Royal College of General Practitioners to ensure that doctors are well informed about the benefits of e-cigarettes and other low-risk products. 2. Inserts in cigarette packs Cigarette cards have not been widely used since the 1940s, although some companies used them for smokers to collect reward points into the 1990s. Since they were generally used to promote tobacco brands, they were banned on health grounds. The Standardised Packaging of Tobacco Products Regulations, 2015, states that, quote, no insert or additional material may be attached to or included with the packaging of tobacco products, unquote. This now looks like a missed opportunity. Inserts could be used as a way to promote lower risk products directly to smokers. There is substantial consumer ignorance to overcome. According to a survey by Ash, only 44% of adults in England are aware of nicotine pouches and only 14% are aware of heated tobacco. Regulated marketing of these products, along with e-cigarettes, should be permitted on cigarette cards. EU regulation. In the 2017 Tobacco Control Plan for England, the government specifically mentioned the EU Tobacco Products Directive, the TPD, as a set of regulations in need of review. Quote, the government will review whether UK's exit from the EU offers us opportunities to reappraise current regulation to ensure this continues to protect the nation's health. We will look to identify where we can sensibly deregulate without harming public health or where EU regulations limit our ability to deal with tobacco. In particular, the government will assess recent legislation, such as the Tobacco Products Directive, including as it applies to e-cigarettes, and consider where the UK's exit provides opportunity to alter the legislative provisions to provide for improved health outcomes within the UK context. Close quote. Article 20 of the TPD contains a range of unnecessary and damaging regulations of e-cigarettes. A majority of British MEPs voted against them in the European Parliament, and there is now the opportunity for productive reform in the following areas. 3. Warnings slash leaflets. Under the TPD, e-cigarette products must be sold with a warning on the packaging and with a leaflet in the box, informing the buyer about, quote, possible adverse effects, unquote, and information about, quote, addictiveness and toxicity, close quote. The front and back of the box must show a warning about the highly addictive nature of nicotine covering at least 30% of the surface area. 
Although intended for the bottles of e-cigarette fluid, the legislation is so badly worded that atomizers and empty vape devices have to be sold with a warning that falsely states, quote, this product contains nicotine, which is a highly addictive substance, close quote. The leaflets are unnecessary and the warnings are excessive. According to a study by Cox et al, the UK's health warnings on e-cigarette products make smokers less willing to purchase them. Relevant information, such as advising people to keep the bottle out of reach of children, could be placed on the label. 4. Bottle sizes The TPD imposes a limit on the size of vape juice bottles of just 10 millilitres. The justification for this is unknown, although it might be to reduce risk of the fluid, if drunk. If so, it is not a policy that has been applied to fluids which pose a much greater risk if swallowed, such as bleach and rubbing alcohol, which, like vape juice, have to be sold in childproof containers by law. The practical consequence of this regulation has been the overproduction of single-use plastics, inconvenience to vapours and higher costs to producers which are inevitably passed on to consumers. 5. The TPD imposes a limit on the size of tanks, the part of the refillable e-cigarettes that store the vape fluid, of 2 millilitres. This limit serves no purpose and merely inconveniences consumers who have to fill up their device more often and carry bottles of vape juice around with them. It should be abolished. 6. Nicotine strength. The TPD imposes a limit on the nicotine content of vape juice of 20 milligrams per milliliter, i.e. a concentration of no more than 2% nicotine. The limit was designed to allow e-cigarettes to deliver a similar amount of nicotine as a combustible cigarette, but EU authorities misunderstood the scientific evidence and set a level which is far below this in practice. Before the TPD came into effect, around a fifth of vapours consumed e-cigarette fluid that contained more than 20 milligrams per milliliter. Some smokers find that lower strength juice does not provide sufficient kick for them to want to switch permanently. If there must be a limit on nicotine content, it should be around 50 milligrams per milliliter. Seven, advertising. The TPD bans e-cigarette advertising in all media that can cross borders. This includes not only the internet, television and radio, but also newspapers and magazines. E-cigarette advertising is still permitted in some media, such as billboards and at the point of sale, but by restricting commercial speech so heavily, the TPD stifles competition and puts out a signal that vaping is as bad as smoking. A study by Dave et al found that restrictions on e-cigarette advertising lead to fewer smokers quitting cigarettes. The current restrictions should be significantly relaxed and e-cigarette advertising rules should focus on content rather than medium, as with alcohol. Other low-risk alternatives? 
There is more to tobacco harm reduction than vaping. There are currently three other promising products. 8. Snus The EEC banned snus across the common market in 1992, although Sweden negotiated an exemption when it joined the EU in 1995. In response to growing epidemiological evidence showing the very low risk profile of SNUS, the EU took the highly unusual step of removing the cancer warning from Swedish SNUS in 2003, and yet the ban remains in place. Now that Britain is out of the EU, the government should legalise SNUS by repealing the Oral SNUS Safety Regulations Act of 1989 and the Tobacco for Oral Use Safety Regulations of 1992. Switzerland has already done this, reversing its ban on SNUS, which it had imposed to align with EU regulations, in 2019, citing the low-level risk associated with the product following a court case. 9. Heated Tobacco Heated tobacco products otherwise known as heat-not-burn products, emit aerosol particles rather than smoke and therefore produce fewer, quote, harmful and potentially harmful compounds, close quote, than cigarettes, with reductions of 50% for some chemicals rising to more than 90% for others, according to the Committee on Toxicity. However, the evidence for this comes mainly from research commissioned by the manufacturers, and this has allowed critics to cast doubt on the findings. The government should commission its own research into heated tobacco products, as it did with e-cigarettes. If this research confirms that there are substantial health benefits from switching to these products, heated tobacco should be exempt from the Tobacco Advertising and Promotion Act of 2002 and should be regulated differently from cigarettes. 10. Nicotine pouches Nicotine pouches are essentially tobacco-free snus and are believed to have an extremely low risk profile since they contain no tobacco and involve no combustion. Since they do not contain tobacco, they can be legally sold to children. Self-regulation largely prevents this in practice, but it is a loophole that should be closed. The government should also commission the OHID to carry out research into the relative risks of nicotine pouches and smoking, as it has done with vaping. Do no harm. 11. Don't do anything stupid. As of 2021, 13 EU countries had an excise tax on e-cigarette fluid. This is a mistake. The economic evidence is clear that taxes on vaping lead to more smoking. A few EU countries also have restrictions on the range of flavours available and there is currently a global campaign funded by the billionaire Michael Bloomberg aimed at encouraging governments to ban all e-cigarette flavours apart from tobacco flavour. This should be resisted. Flavours are a fundamental part of vaping's appeal to smokers. Goldenson et al. concluded that 
quote, Observational and qualitative studies suggest that flavoured e-cigarettes may aid adult smokers in smoking reduction and cessation efforts. Former smokers cite the wide variety of available flavourings and superior taste of e-cigarettes as factors that aid smoking cessation, and note that restricting the availability of flavourings would make the vaping less enjoyable and reduce the appeal of e-cigarettes. A study by Yang et al. found that the ban on e-cigarette flavours in San Francisco led to increased smoking prevalence among 18 to 24-year-olds. Cigarettes and e-cigarettes are direct substitutes. As a general rule, anything that makes vaping less appealing will make smoking relatively more appealing. 12. Introduce an innovation principle. One way to avoid reckless overregulation of low-risk nicotine products is to introduce an innovation principle as a counterweight to the frequently misapplied precautionary principle. As outlined in Hewson and Snowden, such a principle could be stated as, quote, new or innovative technologies should not be held to a higher standard of safety than existing ones where the level of risk is comparable, other than to the extent that they can be shown plausibly to exacerbate the risks from the existing technologies. Otherwise, their potential to deliver benefits will be lost. Conclusion It should be remembered, although it is ignored in the Khan review, that smokers enjoy smoking. If they can derive a similar amount of enjoyment from using safer nicotine products as they derive from smoking, encouraging them to switch to such products will produce a net gain in societal well-being. Notwithstanding the constraints of EU membership, the UK has generally regulated e-cigarettes in a responsible manner, achieving public health objectives while respecting personal freedom. But public understanding of the relative risks of vaping has gone backwards in recent years, and there is more to be done. The obvious place to start is with unnecessary EU legislation. Six of the 12 recommendations listed above involve EU directives. In 2018, the House of Commons Select Committee on Science and Technology criticised the legal nicotine limits on e-cigarettes, the EU's advertising ban, and restrictions on tank size. It called for a review of these, quote, regulatory anomalies, unquote, and the government agreed with all seven of its recommendations. The Tobacco and Related Products Regulations of 2016 is the statutory instrument which transposed the Tobacco Products Directive into law. It should be repealed and replaced with evidence-based regulation. The other priority is to give the public accurate information about the relative risks of novel nicotine products and the very low risks of nicotine itself. With better education and a regulatory system that fosters innovation, smoking may one day become genuinely obsolete. This has been Elise Bousset reading The Alternative Smoke-Free 2030 Plan 
by Christopher Snowden.